Hi everybody and welcome back to the Amazing Rewatch. We are happy to have you back here with us for season one, episode nine. Ten. What? Episode ten. Oh. Right? I thought this was episode nine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should probably know this. No, this is episode ten. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Okay, we're good. Episode ten, titled, (laughs) To the Physical and Mental Limit. Okay. I was like, did I skip an episode or something? <laughs> no, I, I know I messed up. I, because I was looking ahead, we still have three episodes left, right? Because there's 13 episodes. After this, we still have 11, 12, 13. So, you're right. We're episode 10. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, if that was, if anybody's listening and you were confused there for a second, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure you're all paying attention. Yeah. Um, well, we start with a recap of last episode, as usual, and we, we go back over how Nancy and Emily got eliminated and just that huge mistake that Joe and Bill made, and man, they got so lucky to still be in this game after that. Oh, yeah, for sure. They basically slept on their fast forward and didn't get there until hours and hours and hours after everybody else and are so lucky to still be in this race. But that means that they are starting hours and hours and hours after the teams on this leg. So Mm -hmm. we're starting with a very interesting (laughs) situation here. Yes. They, so the pit stop was at that tiger cave temple and they are getting their first clues of the day Robin Brennan are the first to leave at 10 12 a.m the clue says to check in with the king at Riley Beach yeah so they immediately go um the other stuff go and trying to find a taxi and it seems pre- like pretty much every person every taxi driver knows exactly where that is so they get in and they get going They didn't know what it was. They just had, like, all they had was the king. When they talked to locals and stuff, they all figured out that it was King Climbers. It's like a adventure company that does climbing in the, on the the cliffs, like, in Thailand. So, they're doing, like, these, what, what would you call them? The side interviews or, you know, like, what are those called? That I call them the talking heads. I don't know. I learned that from the office ladies, though. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, like, stealing their their phrase or anything, but it mm-hmm. works. So we go cut to that, and Brennan is the one that's talking, right? Or Rob? It's The one Brennan. that's always talking. Oh, Brennan. the one that's always talking is Rob. We never see yeah. Brennan talk. Like, I don't know if we've ever seen him talk up until this episode. Ever. So that was what I was going to point out. It's like, does he even know how to talk or does Rob <laughs> just talk so much that he just doesn't get a word in otherwise? Yeah, like, I noticed that too. <laughs> like it, we see him talk for the first time and I was like, wow, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah. But then Rob is talking as well and he kind of points out like they're not too stressed about this leg. They know they're going to be first or second, pretty much first. They just have to play smart so they don't like lose time for the next leg. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty. They're not too, super stressed out, which makes sense because 
Team Guido is so far behind. They're just like, we have to maintain our time and just check in and we're pretty much sitting in a good spot, so. Yeah, like as long as they don't get lost for eight hours, then they're not going to be less. <laughs> so that'd be kind of a relaxing place to be, especially when you're in Thailand and you're doing like these adventures and stuff. It probably was a funner mm-hmm. leg for them than a lot of the others. Yeah, this one actually did seem more exciting too. It didn't seem like a ton of just like driving back and forth yeah. like we've seen in the last few legs too. So it was a good episode, I felt like, as far as mm-hmm. like challenges and stuff. So Rob and Brennan make it to the King Climbers and they find out they have to climb the this huge cliff mountain like over the water Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a really popular touristy thing. And they seem like they're fine with it, not too scared about it. They go and get there pretty easy, climb it pretty easy, find the clue pretty easy. So, yeah. well, it was, just it was a way. detour because the, the choices were hike or climb, mm-hmm. which is pretty straightforward. And it didn't actually seem like the climb was that far. They only had to Mm-mm. go up like a little bit. It wasn't the whole cliff. It was like, I don't know, maybe 50 feet. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I definitely, I think if we were in this situation, we would have definitely chosen climb instead of hike because the hike was long, mm-hmm. even though we're, we're probably not the best climbers, but no, I, it no. wasn't that much of a <laughs> climb. <laughs> it might have taken me like a long time, but it still probably would have been faster than the hike. I just have no upper body strength, Mm -hmm. and it didn't seem like there was anything, like, helping them. Like, it was just, like, a free climb, basically. I mean, they had harnesses and stuff, so they weren't, they weren't in any danger, necessarily, but there wasn't anything to hold on to. It didn't have the nice little grips or anything, so Mm -hmm. that would make me a little nervous, but I would still have attempted it. Yeah, but it definitely would have cut down the time. So I think it was the best choice for yeah. everybody. And everybody chose it, so. Are you afraid of heights? Um, I wouldn't say I am, but I don't think I've been in a situation that I would have to discover that, really. Like, I've never, like, climbed high. I've been, like, the top of high buildings and not scared. But, like, mm-hmm. I guess I haven't really been in a situation that's really tested that. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the same for me. I, yeah, like I can do like tall rides at amusement parks. I, top of tall buildings are fine. The thing that I kept thinking though was like there's all these nooks and crannies that they had to put their hands and feet in. (laughs) And that's what I would be scared of. (laughs) The creepy crawlies that come out of there. Yeah. I feel like checking every hole before I put my hand in there. (laughs) I wouldn't have even thought of that. That wouldn't have even crossed my mind. Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. I'm like, how did she just put her hand up in there? <laughs> she didn't even look first. <laughs> I'm sure they have other things that they're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, we get to Frank and Margarita now, who are leaving at 11.06 a.m. So they're about an hour behind Robin Brennan. They have to take a boat the first thing. Is that right? The first thing they have? Yeah. Yeah. And... Frank is bartering with the boat driver on the price of the (laughs) boat ride. Did you hear that? What did he say? So the boat driver says 30 baht and then Frank says 20. 
And then the boat driver was like, no. And he was going to walk away. And then Frank was like, okay, we'll do 30. Do you know how much money 30 baht is? Probably like nothing. It's 91 cents. Oh my gosh. And he you want to it down to like 85? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, I get trying to save some money, but that's a little much. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the exchange rate was a little different in 2001, but I can't imagine. Probably not much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad he got his boat. <laughs> Yes, and we cut to Margarita, and she's saying that she's the only girl left against all of these guys that are, she's like, they're stronger than me, they're faster than me. I don't know, though. I think that Margarita could probably beat Drew and Kevin and Joe and Bill in a foot race. And she doesn't seem weak by any means, either. Like, she seems like a strong, fit lady, so... (laughs) Yeah. I don't think being a girl in this situation is, like, it's not hindering her. Yeah. It might seem a little intimidating to be the last girl. But, yeah, she's in great shape. And I think she's done a great job up until now and hasn't, like, hasn't been held back by anything. But, yeah, she, when they get to the climbing, she kind of has a hard time. Not, like, harder than anybody normally would have, but... And then Frank's, like, at the top yelling at her to go. And, like, I feel like he has the same voice when he's mean and when he's supportive. (laughs) So that would be really hard to do. Are you mad at me right now? Or are you you just trying to encourage me? (laughs) Yeah, she gets to the top of the thing and she's really proud of herself. And I think it's really cool. She was really, like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. And the view from out there looks so cool, too. Mm -hmm. That probably would be so, like, such a fun part to do. I know, that part of Thailand looked so amazing. The clue that they get after they climb up there is, it says, go to sea, land, and trek in Bortor in the town of Luk, which is 30 miles away, which is doable. It's not 300 miles away. Yeah, so they just have to climb back down, go back and get a boat, and make their way back to that part of they basically like repel down into the boat. <laughs> they yeah. kind of just like let themselves down into the boat from from the cliff. Rob seemed to have like injured his finger or knuckle or something. Yeah, I, I don't know how that happened. Uh, but he said it's like broken. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even see you do anything. Did, are you sure it's broken? Yeah. I mean, so they I, just tape I it up and keep him, going. But... He's like, it's a competition. Things like this happen in a competition. You just got to keep going. So yeah. Yeah. that's a pretty good attitude to have. They just tape it up and move along on their way. So when they get to this land, sea, and trek, is that what it's called? Land, sea, sea, and trek? sea, land, and trek. Sea, land, and trek. It's like just another like vacation touristy place that provides the supplies for the tourists, you know. And they have to, they get their detour there, correct? Not detour, roadblock. Oh yeah, roadblock. And the clue is, the description is, upper body is the strength. No. What? (laughs) (laughs) Upper body strength is the key to success. Which, as I just said, I have none of it. What would we do if we opened that? I don't know. Because both of us don't have upper body strength (laughs) 
<laughs> it would probably just be like, who did the last one? Okay, I'll do this one, I guess. You know. Yeah. It didn't seem see like kayaks. that hard, but I, I'm sure it is tiring when you're actually there and not just watching it on TV. Yeah. So the, it's a kayak, right? They're kayaking yeah. down the river with the other teammate and all their luggage. So I wonder when you see the, read the roadblock, if you, if you see the kayaks, because then that might help me. Yeah, you have but. some sort of idea of what the the task is going to be. Yeah, I mean, we get to uh, Kevin and Drew a little bit later. <laughs> they were the only ones that seemed to have any sort of issue with it. But Rob and Brandon are both very strong. Frank... Like, his arms, he definitely has upper body strength, so he didn't struggle whatsoever. Yeah, so after they take these kayaks, they, well, they kayak down the river um, to this cave, and inside the cave, they find the next clue with a few items like snorkels and goggles. Uh And the clue is to go to Chicken Island, which is four miles off the mainland, and once they're there, they have to dive to find the clue. So they go to Chicken Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And finally, of... we see Kevin and Drew leave. Yeah. So this is about 3.03 p.m. Yep. So pretty far behind them, but yeah. not... About four hours behind Frank and Margarita. Yeah. Yeah, so the other teams, I mean, Robin Brennan and Frank and Margarita are just, like, pretty close to each other, making their way pretty smoothly through everything. Mm-hmm. They get to Chicken Island, get the boat out into the middle of the water, and there's a flag floating in the water, a yellow and white flag, and they have to dive down and grab the thing from the bottom. And this looks like a really cool place to dive. Like, there's so much coral and stuff right there there where they were yeah it'd be really fun i like snorkeling i don't like going under the water no i don't like not having a life jacket so yeah this would kind of (laughs) this would probably freak me out neither of us are good swimmers i'm (laughs) (laughs) this like we just keep talking about what we can't we can't climb we don't have upper body strength we can't swim (laughs) So maybe this leg would have not have been super great for us, but it uh, looks so fun. It's like the funnest leg yet, but everything we're like, um, <laughs> we probably wouldn't be very good at that. <laughs> do you guys I, have a puzzle or something we can do instead? <laughs> I know. We have snorkel gear. We bought some. Like we went to Mexico in June, and we bought snorkel gear, and we went snorkeling. But I, me, when I say we, I mean me and my husband Jeff. Um, he loves to snorkel. So actually, this task reminded me of when we went on our honeymoon, we went to Cozumel, and in Cozumel, they have an excursion that's like the Amazing Race Cozumel, and I was like, we will be doing this excursion (laughs) in Cozumel. You have no choice. And it was so fun. It was like a very condensed version of the Amazing Race just in one city, but we had to like solve clues and puzzles and stuff like that and we had to like search it through this museum and go to this like statue and um one of the tasks was snorkeling like you had to dive down and get something and he jeff did that 
all, yeah. I was like, that's all you. Because <laughs> he loves it. He would just, like, float around without his life jacket and just, like, swim around all day if he could. Hmm. Did you guys win? Yeah, we won. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really cool. It was... Our prize was a shot of tequila and neither of us drank, so we were like, oh, man. <laughs> so we gave it to the second place people, and they were like, okay, but I don't care. The, that was the prize. I just wanted to win, so it was just really fun. Like, I, I, would, I want to do it again. That sounds really fun. We are going to do it again, but in real life, in the whole version. Yes, we're going to do Me the, and you, not Jeff. The actual Amazing Race. <laughs> yeah, but not Jeff. Okay. <laughs> so one of us is going to have to learn how to dive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we're both going to have to work on our upper body strength. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the race. <laughs> we have <laughs> uh, Rob and Brennan and dive and get it right away. And then the clue says make your way to the pit stop on Palm Plow Beach. Am I reading that? Pipelong Beach? Pipelong Beach. I don't know. <laughs> I think they said something else. I didn't write that down correctly. Apparently Pipelong Beach. <laughs> and obviously Rob and Brennan show up first and get first place. And they are, they're not like super excited about it because it was like pretty obvious the whole time. Yeah. And then Frank and Margarita come up on the boat like pretty close behind them and check in as yeah. number two and margarita's super proud of herself and like just having a really good time she seems super happy at this point like she's just really enjoying it right now yeah yeah frank seems to be being nice ish <laughs> and yeah they're probably all so tired they're probably just delirious like oh this is great mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and so there they are, like, checking in, and they're at the pit stop together, and they're kind of just, like, relaxing by the beach, and they say, hey, guys, uh, team, or Bert and Ernie are just leaving the last pit stop. Like, they've already checked in. Yeah. And Team Guido's just starting. Yes. So, when do they, because we kind of missed a little bit of Kevin and Drew's first part of their stuff. So, well, they, they, they leave the really pit like, stop done much yet because they were they left the pit stop and the place closed they did get to climb first oh yeah so yeah. they did they did climb um and get that first clue and then when they went to the sea land and trek that was closed so they did have yeah. to wait overnight for that to open mm -hmm. i noticed though um they were reading a little thailand guidebook and it looked so familiar because I used to work at Barnes and Noble and it was in a, it was in St. George. So it was like a town that had like a bunch of like retired people and there was a lot of travel agents. I'd have travel agents come in a lot and buy those guidebooks. Mm -hmm. And the one in Thailand, I just remember that one because I was like, Thailand, this lady bought a book about thailand and i was like oh why are you buying that book about thailand and she's like i have some clients that are going there i'm a travel agent and i was like you're a travel agent that's what i want to do i think that might have been like <laughs> where it all started with that book to thailand and that lady in barnes and noble <laughs> she doesn't even know i know 
Anyway. So you think they bought theirs from Barnes & Noble too? <laughs> must have. <laughs> but in that guidebook, it talks about the king. So when they have to find out what the king is, they're like, oh, it's that it's that cliff that you can climb. So they catch on and they decide that that's what they're going to be doing. And they, uh, they go there to climb. <laughs> they seem a little nervous, though. Yeah. Uh, Drew... Right? He's the tall one? Yeah. Yeah. He, when they open up the detour and Kevin is like, climb or hike. And he's like, obviously we're going to climb. And and Drew was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Let's see what hike has to offer. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, they decided no. He's like, I'm not a big fan of climbing. And he's, and um, Kevin's like, well, you've never done it before. He's like, yeah, that's because I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> but they do kind of struggle getting up the climb. But it does. It's probably not very easy. So no, just the other ones made it look easy because they are way in shape. They're, yeah, they're super fit. So they get that clue. They're, they have to go to the sea land and trek, but it's closed. And meanwhile... Team Guido is just leaving the pit stop. And it's super rainy when they leave. Yeah, it's like pouring. Mm-hmm. And they're on riding on a boat in the pitch black with the pouring rain. I think that would be kind of scary. I know, I'd be a little bit nervous about that for sure. They get to King Climber and that one's closed for the night as well. So they have to wait for the very first task still for the mm-hmm. next day. So they're already that far behind, and they still have to wait a whole night yeah. to do the first thing. But it does make up some time for them behind Kevin and Drew. Mm-hmm. When Kevin and Drew wake up, they're going to be doing the second task, and they'll be doing the first one. So they won't be that far behind them. Uh, so yeah, Team Guido has a pretty easy time getting up the mountain, but Drew and Kevin are at the kayak at the sea land and trek and like we had mentioned before they kind of struggle with it because the person in the front has to like tell the person in the back who's paddling right left directions and stuff like that and they just don't have the greatest communication (laughs) (laughs) when they first got to that the roadblock they thought that there still might be one team Mm -hmm. that wasn't there so when they got there and they saw that two clues had been taken, they were like, oh no, both teams made it last night, so we are far behind. So that was just a f- interesting observation. Yeah. I've always thought that they should put more clues than there are teams so that people don't do that. Maybe we've talked about this already, but when there's only one clue left in the box and you're like, oh, I'm the last one, mm-hmm. they should have a few extras in there so that people don't know where they're yeah. at yeah it's like makes it too obvious yes they so they fumble along on their way through the kayak <laughs> they eventually <laughs> make it to the next clue and they head to chicken island and at this point i mean we're obviously just like cutting back and forth between kevin and drew and joe and bill like it shows them yeah one person or one team do one thing and then the ne- other team do one thing and then the one team do one thing and mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to keep up and it's probably kind of hard to keep up with us re-explaining it too <laughs> so. yeah uh the way they edit it they i think they're trying to make it seem like it's like getting pretty close and they do make it seem that way because it kind of seems like 
once Drew and Kevin get to the end of the river and get their goggle and snorkeling thing, like Joe and Bill are like right behind them, getting their goggles and snorkeling and made up like a lot of time. And so, yeah, it's just kind of going back and forth and back and forth. But uh, Drew and Kevin do get to the snorkeling place first and kind of struggle to find the thing underwater. So they both jump in and like are like look floundering around trying to find it. And Kevin's shorts were khaki colored. I thought that he was naked in that water. I, oh, I didn't know it was like the same color as his skin. I was like, oh my gosh, he just jumped in in the nude. <laughs> I didn't it, notice that. It was his shorts. <laughs> and yeah, they get their clue to get to the pit stop and make their way there, and they do check in as team number three. And then Joe and Bill are coming up quickly behind them. They do the diving thing pretty easily. They've done this whole thing easily. I think if they had been in the pack at the front, they could have probably like got first place or been close to first place because they like sailed through this whole thing. They probably would have beat Kevin and Drew for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's another um, non-elimination leg, which seems crazy that there was two in a row. And Joe and Bill got saved twice. So, you know, last episode, Emily kept saying how lucky they are. And it might just be true. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were, like, really happy to learn that they were. I mean, they like, nobody's overly excited about anything at the pit stops this season. I know. I know. But... <laughs> it's just, like, this is a non-elimination leg. <laughs> yeah. There's like, no right. dramatic effect for anything. But yeah, so we have four teams still, three more episodes. I think this is going to be an interesting next episode to see how it goes because Robin Brennan and Frank and Margarita are like way ahead of the other two teams because they had to like spend the night and they already mm-hmm. left that much later than everybody. So yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to recover. So I do remember a few things from the final leg of this season and I am just wondering how we get to that point because just with the way things are sitting right now like I don't know how it gets to the where it gets to and I, I'll explain that when we get to that point so yeah. I don't know what you're talking about because I can't remember <laughs> what goes, what happens in the last leg. I just, re- I, there's like one image in my mind that I can specifically recall that I'm like, yeah, how do they get to this point? <laughs> but yeah, we don't have any teams going home and we didn't go to any new countries. Yeah. So, so we don't have a lot of extra information. I But like we said at the beginning of the episode, I this was a funner episode because they weren't on the train for eight hours and then jump on a bus Mm -hmm. for 11 hours they were in one place they were doing actual physical activities and like Mm -hmm. it was it would be a little bit more exciting if the two groups were closer together but yeah it was kind of like one of the funner episodes of the season i think yeah it would have been interesting if they were all just like left at the same time to see who would have done it the fastest Mm -hmm. i did um look up some information about phil though because we've been saying for the last nine episodes that we need to figure out how he got this job okay and i figured that this would be a good time to do that (laughs) so this is this is all about phil he was born in (laughs) 
May 31st, 1967 in Lincoln, New Zealand. Um, so how do we get from New Zealand to the Amazing Race? He actually spent a lot of his childhood in Canada and in the Caribbean, specifically like Antigua. And I just learned a few years ago that it's called Antigua and not Antigua. Oh, yeah. It's, it still sounds weird to me. And then he went back to New Zealand. Um, after high school, he did an apprentice apprenticeship as a cameraman. And then at 19, he got a job as the host of a children's educational show called Spot On. <laughs> and I found a clip of this show from 1988. It's Phil in a canned spaghetti factory like learning how to make canned spaghetti it kind of reminds me of mr rogers meets zoom did you ever watch zoom on pbs just kind of like a educational like fun i don't know so it was that kind of show and he was the host Hmm. and his accent was way thicker on that show was that a new zealand show or an american show it was in new zealand oh yeah Yeah, because he doesn't have that thick of an accent. Yes, because he has been in America since um, it would have been like right after that, like the early 90s. After Spot On, he had a few other like hosting gigs. And then he actually got his own show called Kogan's Heroes, which is a play on word from Hogan's Heroes. (laughs) Yeah. And Hogan's Heroes. Okay, I I didn't know what Hogan's Heroes was. I have heard of it before. Um, But I didn't know what it was, so I looked it up. And it's a sitcom about uh, World War II and, like, Hmm. being prisoners of war in a Nazi war camp. Like, it doesn't seem like sitcom material, but... No. I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. So, Kogan's Heroes was um, a show about, like, athletes that participate in extreme sports. And then... It was originally in New Zealand, but it got picked up in America, and that's when he moved to America with his wife, and he was 23. Well, he did a lot before 23. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Have your own TV show? Um, And then, so when he got to America, he auditioned to host Survivor, and he was on the short list, but he didn't get it, And but instead CBS offered him the job of Amazing Grace, which is so much better. Oh, yeah. We probably... There's probably other people that disagree with us, but I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. So much better to host The Amazing Race. I've seen, like, five episodes, maybe, of this, of Survivor. <clears throat> I'd probably enjoy it if I actually, like, sat down and watched it, but yeah, anyway. I haven't really watched it, but if you host The Amazing Race, you get to travel so much. Everywhere. Yes. So does it tell us how many countries it's been to? It's, it was, like, 90 plus or 70 plus or something like that. Wow. I thought I wrote it down, but apparently not. So he started The Amazing Race when he was 34. And now he is mid-50s because we've been on, it's been on the air for 20 years. And he's been to tons of countries and he doesn't have to sit around sweaty people on the beach. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what's his name? (laughs) Jeff, Jeff Probst. Is that the Survivor host? I don't know. I just feel like he got, he got the better job for sure. (laughs) For sure. So, and he also hosts like Tough as Nails. There's a couple of other shows that he hosts right now, um, mm-hmm. especially while like Amazing Race was in their hiatus for 
I mean, because obviously they couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. For COVID. Yeah, because I, I think they were mid-season, weren't they? Like mid, partway through filming when everything closed down and they had to like shut down production. But did you hear? They just announced a couple of days ago that the new season comes out in January. Yeah. Yay. Season 33. I, I can't wait. I know. Oh, I didn't realize I had another page. A oh, hundred. More. more than 100 countries has he Phil has been to. I thought I wrote it down. His wife's name is Louise. They have a daughter, Elle. They live in LA now. He's been nominated four times for an Emmy for best host of reality competition show. And that is Phil. Maybe he'll come on our podcast one day. Wouldn't that be? That would be like the ultimate goal. (laughs) That would be the ultimate get. Yes. Phil on the podcast. And he also gets paid $120,000 per episode of The Amazing Race. So. Dang. I know. (laughs) I would do it for free. (laughs) I know. I was like, can I, can I pay to be on the episode? (laughs) And he doesn't do a lot. He doesn't. He's like Chris Harrison of The Bachelor, <laughs> which that's all a whole thing now, but he... Like, he narrates what's happening and stands at the mat. Yeah. He, like, that, explains makes, a lot of what, money. what the detours and the roadblocks are, and then says, you are team number one. Yeah. You are team number whatever. But I think he's worth the money. He seriously yeah. is a great And I, host. he probably, like, is some sort of producer. So he probably does a lot of stuff, like, behind mm-hmm. the scenes and stuff, too. So He's a good host, and he's just, like, an uh, amazing race gem. Icon. He has to be there. Yeah. He yeah. has to be there to make it the show. If they ever lose him, that would just I know. ruin everything. We but love you, Phil. that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Phil. All right. Well, that's all I have. Anything else? Nope. We'll just uh, see you guys next time for episode 11. Final leg before the final leg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.